You are listening to the Teleperformance Podcast on Spotify. Welcome to the first of several of Teleperformance's exclusive podcasts for Women's Equality Day, which we will be celebrating not only on August 26th, but the entire month. I'm Audrey Thomas, a member of our Teleperformance USA TP Women Board, and I'll be hosting today's session alongside with Nellie Garcia, one of our employee engagement coordinators. We're very excited to speak with multiple leaders of the company about the path that they have paved to success, obstacles that they have had to overcome, who their inspiration was to make it where they are, and so much more. Today, we're going to hear from Megan McGowan, Vice President of Operations. She's going to give us insight into her journey, who she looked up to throughout her career, and some great advice for young women looking to follow in her footsteps. So to start off um, with this, I just want to do a quick bio on you, Megan, let everybody know a little bit more about who you are, how long you've been with Teleperformance, and then, of course, you know, your history before Teleperformance. So where you may have started in your career and the journey of how you came not only to us here at TP, um, but just where you are in general in your career today. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've only been with Teleperformance about a year and a half now, but um, I can tell you I love this company. I love the people. Um, it really is a different environment, so I'm happy to be here. Um, as far as kind of the path that brought me here, um, I grew up in Costa Rica in Central America, so I'm bilingual. So, of course, uh, when we moved back, um, I decided to major in Spanish because <laughs> that would be easy. So, uh, um, but I did uh, elementary education um, as well. And I never actually ended up being a teacher. Um, I moved into a bilingual trainer role at MCI in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I was there for about 12 years, um, moved over to Adelphia Cable. I uh, was there for about uh, about 15 years between um, the time that uh, Charter bought it, Time Warner Cable bought Adelphia and Charter bought Time Warner. So it kind of went through this, this you know, multiple owners. And, um, and then I became uh, the vice president of um, external operations. So I ran all of the outsourcing groups for Time Warner Cable. And um, that's where I met many of the leaders uh, within uh, teleperformance, including Trina uh, in the Philippines. So, you know, you, you meet a lot of people along the way and it kind of helps you to, to build that journey. And certainly you never know, um, you know, who you're working with uh, in another company, it can always end up crossing paths again. So um, that's just a little history of, of how I ended up here. Awesome. And you mentioned that you were studying uh, education. Clearly, that's a female-dominated area. But how about now? Do you feel that women in your profession now have a difficult time being promoted? You know, um, again, definitely teachers are uh, the majority of people in my classes were, were all women, right? Majority, I have two sons, and uh, majority of their teachers are all women. So definitely dominated industry teaching. Um, as far as this industry, you know, I really do believe that the initial promotion is truly based on, you know, your work ethic, uh, your performance, and your ability to connect with people. <clears throat> and I think, you know, moving into a supervisor ranks, you're a high performer, you're going to have a high propensity to be promoted. Um, what I can tell you is that, you know, the farther you move up, 
the more masculine it becomes. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I don't think there's any uh, less deserving um, females. I, I just think that that is the, the nature of the beast. And it's something, you know, that exactly why we have these types of conversations and, and um, exactly why we talk about these things so that we can slowly change, change it and improve it. Absolutely agree with that because that um, we've had, you know, TP Women's been around for a while now, and this, we have so many conversations about it. And I think that's a good call out that the main, the not the main, but the starting point of changing all of this is just starting that conversation. And I think Teller Performance has done that um, really, really well over the past couple of years. And Nellie, I'm going to call out um, her husband. Speaking of the the female dominated teacher role. Her husband is a teacher, so um, we can have this exact same talk with him, like opposite <laughs> on education, I'm sure. We sure can. We sure can. It'll be difficult to get him on camera, but he's up for it. But, Megan, I know you, know you made a good point of talking from that initial, you come in as an agent like so many people do here, and then you move your way up the ranks, and every promotion – whether you're basing it off of male, female, you're basing it off of, you know, work ethic, anything. The further up the ladder you go, the harder it gets. Um, and it does get more masculine. It also gets more competitive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's harder to um, just climb those ranks in that way. But it sounds like you have done it from, you know, the beginning all the way, obviously, to the top now being a vice president. So you have been in many different positions throughout your career. What would you say throughout that entire journey has been the most significant barrier that you've encountered? Um, that is a great question. You know, I think looking at the the whole uh, sex part of it, um, I think what's probably frustrated me the most um, is two people can say the exact same thing and it can be interpreted completely different. Um, sometimes, you know, and I, <laughs> I probably am someone who I say what I think and I, I don't hold back and I, um, I have an opinion and I share my opinion um, and that's not always uh, a positive or popular thing. Um, and, so, you know, I go back and forth, right? Like, <clears throat> Should I be biting my tongue and holding back what I think, or should I, or should I continue to, you know, make sure if I think it's a bad idea and we shouldn't do it, I'm going to share that, right? So, you know, I kind of go back and forth there. Like, should I just be quiet, um, or should I actually speak up? And I think sometimes uh, if a woman comes up with a big and a bold idea, it's perceived as, you know, oh, she's going rogue, or you know, you can't control her. Um, whereas if a man comes up with a, with a bold, brilliant idea, it's, um, you know, he's a trailblazer and he's really, you know, just knocking down walls and, and making big changes. Um, I think part of that is kind of learning who your audience is and learning, you know, when can you do this and in, in what um, environment can I share this? Um, and and it, it is unfortunate that, you know, you kind of have to be more strategic with your communication, but um, I think having that strategy behind decision making and communication is uh, is key. So I think that can help significantly. For sure. And I'm sure throughout your career, you've had somebody you can vent to and you can reach out to for um, advice and guidance. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit who who's the person who inspired you most in your career and why? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I I definitely would not say I have one single person. Um, I think I have a variety of people and not just people I've reported into, but more, you know, my peers, my subordinates and my leaders. There's um, a certain type of um, people you work with that you can get more out of, I think. And, you know, in the same spirit that um, I, I have to share my opinion and I and I feel like, you know, I um, I want to be able to bounce ideas off. I think that's the type of person that I'm that I'm attracted to when it comes to, hey, can I learn from you, right? Whether it's an advisor on the phone, you know, I'll I'll go to them if I think they're going to have the the best source of information. Um, but you know, kind of the other side of that, I guess, is you know, if someone, especially someone who's my peer or someone who works for me, if if the constant answer is, yeah, okay, we can do that, no problem, and there's never any pushback, um, I don't like that, right? Like, I wanna know your opinion um, because I value it, you know, and we can make better choices and, and land in a better spot if everybody truly, you know, shares what they think. And if I'm saying, let's go do this thing, and they all think it's stupid, then <laughs> tell me that because I want to know, hey, if, if you think it's a bad choice, then let's change it. How do you think we could do it better? Um, so to me, it's more of it's more of the people who I know are going to be honest and uh, tell me if, if something's going to work or if it's not going to work or at least have the the ability to talk through it. Right. So let's exchange the ideas until we can either agree it's a good idea or a bad idea or maybe we just need to tweak it. Um, but to me, that's what collaboration is about. And, you know, that's how you improve anything. I don't know that I could love like your answer to that question any more than I do because, and Nellie's <laughs> going to know exactly what I'm talking about. When I, yep. teleperformance for me, like when I started here, this was, it was a very short term thing. I was burnout on sales. I'd been doing it for years, started as an admin. And then I, you know, found I was going to go back to sales and I'd, was getting ready to head out the door and um, had a leader come to me and she questioned it. I used to be a yes person very much. And she made me question that. Well, why would you say yes to this? Like, why, why do you want to do this? And I've finally learned, you know, not only can I speak up and give my opinion on things, but if I'm not passionate about it and I don't believe in it, I mean, I will do it, but I'm not going to do it well or right. not as well as I would have. Yeah, um, I totally agree. If you if you talk through something, you're going to gain buy-in too, right? So if I value your opinion and we go back and forth and maybe we tweak the plan because of your input, then you're more bought in and you're going to, you know, go and sell it to your team and they're going to sell it to their team. So I, I agree. I think it's essential. Absolutely. And even on like when we were coming up with, you know, what to do for this Women's Equality Day, Nellie came, you know, to the table with the ideas and we talked through it and it turned into, I mean, in my opinion, you, Nellie, you might or might not agree, something just a lot bigger than what like oh, the original yeah. plan was going to be. <laughs> um, and me and me and Nellie have worked together for a long time now, what, two or three years. And it's always been that, you know, the back and forth, we've worked through a lot of stuff like that. So 100% agree on that. Um, and I think, honestly, this the last question that we have for you, you've, you've given a lot of answers that would fit it really well already, um, but I know that uh, just from working with you in the past, you have probably this just huge 
conundrum of advice to give because you always have. <laughs> um, but you've already, like I said, you've already answered a lot of it with, you know, speaking up. Do you bite your tongue? Do you continue to, to make your voice known, um, which is important. But if you were talking to a group of young women that are entering a male-dominated profession like the one that you're in, you know, like you said, the higher you get, the more masculine it becomes. What is some of the most important advice that you would share with them to help them be successful if they wanted to move to the position, you know, that you are today? Right. Um, <clears throat> great question. I I think everyone, when they're, when they're a new leader and they're starting out, um, you assume your employees are going to be just like you. And usually um, people who are promoted into leadership roles had really good work ethic and they worked really hard and they cared and they had good attendance. And um, you know, I think it's funny when you see new supervisors start and they're just shocked that I don't understand why they're not coming to work. I don't understand why they're calling out sick and I don't know why they can't perform. And, and um, you have to kind of realize everyone is not you. So you have to know your audience. You have to be able to motivate them. And it could be something that you would never be motivated by. But, um, you know, that's where the connection to people comes in. Right. So I think um, as a as a new leader and especially as a as a female, um, they have to understand their people. And sometimes coming in, starting new, you want to just, you know, change the world and be successful and do everything you've done in the past. But you should probably just sit there for a minute. You should talk to everyone. You should learn who they are, what drives them, what motivates them, especially in this in this company, in this type of work. Um, if we don't have people, we don't have anything, right? We have nothing. They are our number one main resource. Um, and, you know, the only other thing I, I think would really help is, you know, interchange your shoes. Like if you're talking to your employee, put yourself in their shoes. Um, if you're talking to your boss, put yourself in their shoes. And then at the same time, um, go back to your own shoes and say, now, how do I want to be treated? And is there any any scenario here where I'm also not being treated fairly or, you know, someone's not listening to me <clears throat> and, you know, stand up and explain it. Um, the only other thing I would say for a new leader, sorry, I keep adding on here, is um, immediate feedback, right? I think especially new leaders, and I, I think really uh, there's senior leaders who, um, who do this, is if they have hard feedback to give someone, some constructive criticism, something that has to be shared, they tend to push it off and push it off because maybe it's an uncomfortable conversation. The sooner you have that conversation, the sooner things will change and the actually the more that person will respect you because you're giving them that feedback to help them, right? You're not giving them that feedback for any other reason. Um, you know, in a work environment, you're just going to give that that uh, feedback in order to change and improve behaviors. So I think that's I think that's really, really key. And if people can start off doing that and delivering feedback in the right way, then um, they'll be really successful. I feel like for the first few months of uh, that answer, you did your homework and were talking directly to me because I jumped <laughs> in head first at everything. Like I will come in and just dive head first. And then I always have to make myself take that step back. And I'm like, oh, I got to got to learn exactly what's going on here. Yeah, uh, yeah we definitely need to read the audience first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, and I love the immediate feedback. Uh, that is, um, you know, obviously who my leader is. Um, April is fantastic at that. Like that is 
probably one of the things that I have loved most about her from the very beginning. If she has an issue, she's not going to let it build until it gets bad or, you know, something like that. She's going to come directly to me and it's going to be a very quick conversation. And how do we fix this? And I love that. And I wish every leader had that. Yeah. I think to that, that point, um, it, uh, because I think a lot of leaders don't give the constructive feedback as they should. Um, as a new leader or a tenured leader, don't hesitate to ask. You know, I mean, I think it's a good best practice every single uh, one-on-one. If you don't get anything constructive, ask. Hey, so what? If I could change something about what I'm doing, how could I? How could I be better? Um, because if they're not offering you that, then you should be asking for it and take it so that you can, you know, make your own improvement. Absolutely. So one thing that I have learned that is a fun way to end some podcasts is um, to do some of the little like superlatives. So since you mentioned that your original career path was education, um, one that we have done on a couple of podcasts in the past is um, what you either were like most nominated to be in high school or what you thought that you were going to be way back in the day and see if it aligns at all with what you're doing right now. So did you like, how long was it that you thought you were going to be a teacher before you decided to change that career path? That is a great question. My sisters and my mom would always tell the story about how <clears throat> when I was young, very young, I wanted to be either a trash man or a daddy when I grew up. Um, I, apparently I liked <laughs> trash man and I liked my dad. Um, but no, I think you know, I definitely changed my mind many, many times. And um, at first it was um, uh, medical. I wanted to be a doctor or a nurse. And then I went in and and ended up studying um, teaching. Definitely never thought I would, you know, be in a call center type situation. But in college is when I started working at um, MCI. And, you know, it just... I enjoyed it. It was fun. I actually made more money than I would have as a teacher. Um, But I also think a lot of the things that you learn, especially um, as a teacher um, in those roles, you know, you can use that in your day to day um, work here. Right. Whether it's talking to people or kind of communicating a message or um, it training. Right. Because half of what we do is is truly training. So I, I think it all kind of comes back and ends up um, helping you in the long run. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything since then that I've wanted to change. Um, I flip houses also, which is really fun. And I love, I love doing cool. that just because you yeah. go from something that's a disgusting disaster to, you know, something you love and it's cute. <laughs> I'm um, still torn apart from coming back from vacation. So if you want to work on something that uh, is a disaster, you can <laughs> you can come and start here. I have two toddlers. You're more than welcome to <laughs> to head on over. <laughs> yeah, that would take some time. <laughs> so Nellie, you do not get to escape this question either. You also uh, get to answer this one because you have oh, you've been here how long now? It's a long a time. Total of about nine years. Total of nine uh, years. Yeah. I thought you were like mm-hmm. right at almost on the decade mark. So um, is this something that you like when you were younger that you thought you would be? And I don't know that this kind of work is one that anybody says, this is what I'm going to grow up and be. Um, right. No, not at all. Honestly, you know, being a kid in elementary school, you always think, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. And then through high school, you know, I was really good at math. So I'm like, 
I want to be an accountant. And I went for my business degree and stuff. And once I did that, I'm like, I like accounting, but it doesn't seem fun, (laughs) you know, but working here, you know, I've held uh, several support staff roles with HR recruiting and then now employee engagement. And I think this is, this is a good position for me. You know, not only do I get to make a difference with our employees, you know, within the, the company, but also making a difference with our COTW efforts, you know, in our community. So this is something that, that I really enjoy. I, I, I really do. And I don't think as an accountant, I'll be able to make this, <laughs> but I definitely enjoy it. I love what I, I do and, you know, making these relationships and these type of events, I, I definitely enjoy being part of. How about you, Audrey? Oh gosh. Um, mm-hmm. So when I was when I was really little, um, okay, I'm lying. All the way up until like middle school, probably. <laughs> um, I was convinced that I was going to be in the WNBA because I love basketball and that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then I stopped growing in seventh grade and I landed at five foot four. So no. I decided, you know, <laughs> I'll play through high school, college, but um, not not in the WNBA, I guess. But then. Uh, <laughs> The more um, I took a lot of criminal justice classes in high school and I got really into I loved science. Um, So I got really into like the forensics piece of it and the behavioral pieces. And of course, that was like when criminal minds became popular. So I started off going to college to do um, forensics and like behavioral analysis, psychology things like that. And that's still I mean, I love anything psychology related still. Um, i that's what, you know, if I'm in my spare time and I read or anything like that, it's based around those things. But then, you know, I, uh, I worked in a restaurant as I went through college and uh, bartended, waited tables, things like that. And then I got pregnant with my daughter when I was 24 and decided it was time to get like a big girl job. <laughs> so I started in a call center for corporate sprint way back in the day. And when we closed down, I ran the store that was local uh, and was just always into sales. But then when I came here to take a break, finally landed, you know, an employee engagement. And now I manage our communications and marketing team. And I just kind of fell in love with it. Like, I love the people that I work with. I love what we do. Like Nellie said, we make, you know, whether it's COTW or employee engagement um, or just keeping our people in the know with communications. It's just very impactful to the organization, and there's a huge sense of pride for the stuff that we do, and I, I love it. I don't know that I would ever want to do anything else other than, you know, even if it's changed roles here again, um, but definitely I think I've found my home. That's awesome. All right, so Megan, we don't have any more um, questions for you, but we do definitely want to thank you for coming on and being a part of the podcast. You're you're going to be the premiere, so you're we're going to judge it how it goes. Yep. Thank you. you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I appreciate it. It was fun talking to you too. Absolutely. Um, so that's going to wrap up the very first Women's Equality Day podcast. Uh, for everybody listening, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned a lot more about Megan and her journey and that you continue to uh, join in every week throughout the month of August and hear about another one of our leaders. Thank you. Thank you. What about you? How did you like it? 
go ahead and share this podcast. See you later. Teleperformance on Spotify. Feel the connection.